welcome back to another episode of Turn of the Millennials. I'm Stephanie. I'm Lindy. And today we are joined by a special guest, uh, Prime from Prime Nostalgia Podcast. Yay, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's me, it's me, P-R-I-M. Back again for a second round. Always good to to have friends back. Love it. And today we are going to be discussing the bigger boy bands. We had previously done the lesser known boy bands from all of the kind of the other ones that were from different countries and stuff. But these were the ones that either paved the way for the big boy band eras or just those big boy bands from that era that sold the millions of albums yeah the biggest ones the most successful ones the biggest ones yeah the ones that started fights amongst teenage girls sold all the crazy merchandise (laughs) i love getting in fights with my girlfriends nsync is better no factory boys is better loved it It's true. It's kind of like the original team Edward team, you know, Jacob stuff. It was, were you a Backstreet Boys girl or were you an NSYNC girl? I think it all started almost with like going way back to the Beatles. Who do you like? Right. And it trickles all down to like NKOTB with Jordan or Joey, you know, like the Beatles or the monkeys into all the other boy bands that we've experienced over the years. And even to this day, we have like One Direction, or well, not anymore, but BTS and all of these still other, like boy bands will never really die. They still, I know you don't want to listen to them, but essentially boy bands are always going to be there. Whether it's a huge era or not, there's always going to be some manufactured group of guys that teens are going to swoon over because they're just cute, sexy boys. Yeah, And then they just make good music at the same time. It's an industry that makes a lot of money from, from teen bands. Yes. Kind of like then, when you go back to Josie and the Pussycats. Like, right? Like you, exactly. You get your money. <laughs> and then Prime also from like the male perspective, just loving, a gr- like having great music from the guys and just like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of groups. I was like, you know, I think I would want to be a part of that group. Right? <laughs> a few of them. A few of them. <laughs> I totally wanted to be a Spice Girl. I know that's not a boy band, but. Uh, same same idea girl bands yeah, yeah yep or a backup dancer for britney or like billy <sighs> piper or all right. saying right we all we all yep. dream of you know being famous someday through these bands um so I, do we want to start like from i guess our beginning band or do we just want to join like, uh, where do we want to start we, really millennial moments first yes oh yes our millennial moments actually our millennial moments so prime let's start with you as our guest what was your millennial moment okay so i'm just gonna start with a movie because i really love this movie and i still love this movie i think it's one of the best movies in this genre but the incredibles turned 18. Ooh. really yes oh see yep <laughs> really you know what that you know what that totally makes a lot of sense because um I've been rewatching One Tree Hill and uh, one of the season I'm on was released in like 05. And to me, 2005 was still like last decade, but it wasn't. Like it's nearly 20 years ago. (laughs) Just I was watching Just Friends because I was like, it's November 1st. I'm going to start watching my Christmas movies. And it's like the lesser of the Christmas movies because it's a comedy. And yeah, same thing. Like I think it was 06 or something, 05 it came out. And I'm just like, I think like the fashions are wearing. I think back and I'm like, it's like nothing. It's that seems normal to me. And then you're like, oh, that's almost 20 years ago. Ooh, it hurts. 
like, like, I don't even remember where I was 18, 18 years, years ago. Mm-hmm. I was with the wrong person. I know that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was probably just thinking of watching that. So you know. I love that movie. Yeah. It's, I, I have such a class. I love it. And I love that. Edna Mode. Like, there's a secret. Their sequel, like so many years later, just picks up right where it left off. Yeah. So good. And it was so good. Such a great movie. And uh, when I went to California in 2018, the Incredicoaster that they have for the Incredibles, awesome. I was very pleased by it. There's like, they're like, there's like two good hills that are like covered and you have like little shows that go on through them. And oh, it was, it was good. It was good. I mean, everybody knows where's my super suit. Where's right? my super suit? And what do you need to know? <laughs> no capes. No capes. <laughs> I love it. Such a good show. Uh, so Steph, what so, made you feel this week? Um, so again, just kind of, you know, in general in life. Um, so getting to like in class we were you know getting to know new people and things like that and so so like the more where I'm in class and school and stuff you get to you know talk with certain people and get to know them and then like it was just the thought of like when we were in school when you got a friend's number you like wrote it on the back of your hand versus putting it in yeah. your your phone and I was just like yeah. man I remember like because I miss the day you know those old school days of where you used to and then you'd come home and you'd have maybe like four or five numbers just written all over your arm put them down in your like address book when you got home and saved them or your planner right exactly Lindy exactly so I have my planner sitting here for my last three years of high school right exactly exactly mine I think are in a box in the closet over there but but so it just that was something that I was just like, man, you just kind of I was like, we don't do that anymore. And then another thing in class was also I was talking to my teacher about how when we were doing manicures, like I was like, oh, my finger divots in here. And she's like, yeah, that's everyone has that. It's your writing callus. And I was like, do younger generations have that because they don't write and press for hours on it. And so I was looking at one of the 18 year olds hands and I was like, it's a little but not like what we have where it's like a debit into our no, fingers. I feel like the entire younger generation is all going to have carpal tunnel eventually in their life. All of them. Yes. yes. <laughs> From so either I, this or doing this so much. like Repetitive strain. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I use talk to text a lot. Save my thumbs. Right. <laughs> and it's sense. easier and faster. <laughs> so that was kind of my millennial yeah. moment. <laughs> I mean, I would like to use talk and text, but, you know, sometimes they don't get the point across. Like, you know. Yes. Okay. I, it censors my swear words. Oh, uh, come what? on. You know, you don't want to. <laughs> it does. If I'm texting you stuff, something, and I drop the F bomb in it, like effing, like yeah. it will go F star, 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 star. I thought it would go to the duck. Mine's, it, it sometimes go uses duck. Duck instead of the F. Yeah. Mine fuck. That's funny. It, like just puts stars on it. And if I'm, if I get a text message in my car and I listen to it through Bluetooth and someone swears in it, it actually legit has the beep in it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Is that necessary? So, so <laughs> silly. Thousands yeah. of dollars of extra software and programs and shit for that crap that is unnecessary. I wonder it's if you could go into the settings and maybe turn it into a uh, vulgar mode. Turn or off like, like the parental controls. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, it depends because, you know, what if somebody is texting something like very 
Chris <laughs> has to like voice that over it. So you know, I don't think they want to do that. I that's that's fair to say. I guess so. I didn't think of that, but it should be an option to turn it on and off on your phone if if yeah. it is or not. I don't know, but <laughs> um. So Lindy, okay, so, yours this week. Um, I was listening to my my pop nostalgic playlist on Spotify at work, and the song um, "Case of the X" by Maya came up. And I'm listening to it and like singing along and remembering all the words. And all of a sudden it comes up with the lines like when y'all broke up in 96. I was 13 years old when 96 came around. And that's how old this song is. That just, I'm like, no, no, that can't be. Like, no. And nope. a lot of these bands kind of sort of started in that 96 era. As, like the boy bands we talked about started in like 96. And it's just and, like, yeah, what? Like it's. I honestly thought Maya came out like after Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but obviously not. I was wrong. No. Well, you got to think she was uh, the girl in Ghetto Superstar, yeah. which was like 97 yes. or something like that, yep. I think. Yeah. So, yep. And speaking of music, the song 1985 is an entire millennial moment just on its own. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, I do feel that we need to touch on Aaron Carter, RIP, just for a yes. moment, because yes. this is extremely recent news and it shocked the pop world. We heard about it last night. Uh, yep. So we are recording this the morning after the news had come out. It is unfortunate to hear this. And since we are covering the boy bins, we figured we had to hear it. So yes, we do. We know he wasn't at the most mentally stable. We haven't heard any details at the moment. So we don't know exactly the cause of death at this point, but we do wish, you know, the family peace and healing and all that they need at this time. You know. I'm hope they're able to grieve in peace. Yes. Their yes. privacy. Please people, and because it's a rough time. Once it's out to them, my heart goes out to all of them. I'm sure he has kids, right? I think he has a daughter. He I think kids. I saw on Instagram, yeah. he has a, had a baby. Like, just awful, just awful, awful. And I hope he rests in peace. And I hope this brings awareness to, if it is linked to his mental illnesses, I hope this brings more awareness to mental illness within men because it just isn't talked about absolutely it is not enough yeah no. I, uh, what are your thoughts prime well i mean for me personally i work with a lot of child stars and this is like one of those things where they do be calling out for help with like it's it's um difficult because a lot of child stars are calling for help but mm-hmm. when they're doing outlandish things sometimes nobody wants to help them because of their doing outlandish things and then by the time they get help it's too late sometimes for some people but so yeah. um you know i think they're just you know, they need to stick more together and uh like i wasn't i want i want to say i was the biggest uh aaron carter fan of because he was more of the, the the girls demographic or whatever but mm-hmm. i liked still, him. like i thought he was adorable yeah so but it's still like he was a child star that had to grow up from everybody and then sometimes when you do that you you want to get away from it then you kind of turn to drugs or whatever because it's easy to you know and your troubles mm-hmm Sometimes you can't get away from it, but I feel like he was getting away from it, but then, you know, whatever happens, happens, the news will come out about it. But yeah, not, you know, I think they could stick together more because it will help all overall child stars. And the little brother of a famous star as well, while trying to be famous. Yeah, is also a totally other beast as well. He made a name for himself all on his own, too, in his own spirit, on his own talent. Like, I I, like... Crush on you. I love Crush on You. I love the covers that he did. I love his first album. I still listen to it. One Bad Apple is still one of my favorites. 
I love it. Um, but yeah, no, Prime's absolutely right. I think child stars absolutely 100% need to have the support throughout their entire career and their lives. And after the fact, like, look at all of these memoirs and tell-alls that are coming out right now with Jeanette McCurdy and Josh Peck and um, Tom Felton. Like, all of these child actors are putting out all these memoirs and documentaries. Selena Gomez's new one just came out. But that's because they're now in a state of the millennials willing to get the help. It's a tale as old as time, if you think about it. Judy Garland, yes. Mickey Rooney, uh, Drew Barrymore. Like, it is a tale as old as time in Hollywood that these stars didn't get enough assistance and help or guidance from the adults in their lives to protect mm -hmm. them. There's very few child stars that made it through the industry unscathed. Yeah, very also, few. it's uh, it is kind of hard too, cause like they've been famous since they were like six, and then they grew up, and I was like, all right, go be an adult, and it's like, well, I don't know how to do regular things, so. And it's absolutely gross how the girls who have been famous since they were six, seven, eight years old yeah. have a <laughs> countdown to their 18th birthdays online. Oh my gosh, the worst one. The worst one was the uh, the twin, Olsen, the Olsen twins. Oh yes, God. that one was ridiculous. That was so gross. That it's they just had one like Millie Bobby Brown was talking about it when she did Hot Ones. Yeah, and she was like, "It's absolutely disgusting." And I'm like, "It really fucking is." Like, mm -hmm. uh, who's the the uh, the last one I remember that was gross was uh, Billy Eilish. Yes, Eilish. well, hers. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because they thought that she was being like baggy clothes because she was younger and that instantly she was going to go into these like sexy clothes as soon as she turned 18. But she's like, not really. Like I might wear them, but I still like my clothes. Yeah. I'm not going to change you, my personality and my style just because you think I'm 18. Yeah. I like what Billie Eilish stands for. Mm -hmm. I love how she stands her ground. But now, boy bands. Uh, one quick, quick thing oh, before we get Sorry. <laughs> I just want to point out to anybody that hasn't seen this. Um, Nick Carter performed for Michael Jackson once mm -hmm. at one of his bigger shows, and I just like I was at Madison Square Garden. I was like, he could he sold out Madison Square Garden and put up a show of different people. I was like, I kind of like it because it's overlooked. I just How had to old was Nick Carter during that? Uh, this was two thousand one. Oh, so he, he's oh, already okay. in Backstreet Boys, and he performed "I Want Candy." Oh, okay. So was it Aaron Carter or Nick Carter? Aaron, well, I say Nick Carter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I sorry, I meant Aaron Carter. Okay, all right. No, okay. I okay. But Aww, yeah, no, I like that's that. awesome. Like, and that's a like, yeah, that's exactly. my great achievement. Michael Jackson, you know. Yeah. Like that is pretty much the dream of all musicians, almost all musicians, I would say. Yes. Yeah. To have performed with or done a duet with Michael Jackson because he or was honored ever. him in some way because King of Pop, he was, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they in a way, in his own boy band. Now can I get all excited? Yes. Boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like I said, topic today, boy bands. Um, so where do, who do we want to start with? Because like I said, we're touching on the main big ones. Um, so I guess I'll just kind of list off, I guess, who we have listed for those. So we're making it as Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, New Kids on the Block, Hanson, because they were pretty good. We love, they were our personal favorite as and well. And they were Wendy. at the same time. Yes. Boys to Men, 98 Degrees, New Edition, and then I got Lindy had a, a note here at the bottom, which I didn't research was Menudo possibly as well. <laughs> Menudo question mark. Were they right? like, they're considered a boy band. It was, this is true. This is true. Right? Yeah. As well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think we should start, start with like the, where it all started with new edition. Okay. Um, so new I know like, going back like Beatles and Jackson five, like it actually started with all of them, but we're going to skip 
but there is a lot of connection from between new edition and with like new kids on the block because mm-hmm. Maurice star actually had who had helped responsible for new responsible for new edition actually kind of founded and formed new kids on the block and they found that they were very much one of their influences at the time boys to men found new edition as one of their influences they actually like you know, renamed their, their, one of their names, Boys to Men, is one of the new edition songs. So they're kind of, I guess, the formation of the late or that '90s era boy bands, I guess. But we'll say. Mm-hmm. So they, where is my notes on that one? Sorry. Um, they were formed in 1978. They reached their peak in the '80s, um, but they also did release an album in the '96. So they again do kind of fall in our '95, 2005 range. And then in 2002, they signed a boy, boy Bad Boy Records and released a seventh album as well during that time. Uh, what has members like Bobby Brown? Um, a couple of the members left later and formed Belle Biv DeVoe, which I was learning about and all this. I was it was interesting to go back and read a bunch of the stuff for them, which is hilarious. I mean, yeah, uh, they are one of the only groups where every member left and like had a career uh high highest selling album like yeah i mean candy girl i loved that song from like from uh what was it when it was in dogma (laughs) i think that was when i kind of first because that was like 98 so i think that was when like new edition really first kind of came on my radar they in on their 88 album they have a song called boys to men yeah and that's a good song it's a great song that's where boys yes. to men. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I read that on Wikipedia. They were hold on. What was it? They were. I'm, try, I'm going through like the new editions, like their discography on Spotify. I don't recognize. I know I know them, and I know I know a few of their songs, hey, but I'm not. I'm gonna tell you, them. they have a lot of songs. I will give you suggestions after this. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you want, Cause, but because they they have two different, they have a lot of different eras, but they have two main eras when they were like eleven and twelve, and then when mm-hmm. they were like eighteen, nineteen. 20s the early 20s so. i feel like if i hear the songs i'll probably know them i just don't know them by their names yeah you'll probably know them or you'll probably yeah. think that it's probably a jackson song because at times do, do or, or like... jackson or a boys to men song possibly you may have gotten them yeah. confused or something possible. like that but yeah. boys to men was their original name was unique attraction and then they changed it to boys to men off of the new edition song that's I cool that my, yeah i found that in my my findings uh, but yeah, I was saying, do you remember in Dogma, Lindy, Candy Girl, when What's-Her-Faces? Yeah, Selma that's Hayek. New, that's New Edition. That song. Oh, yeah, okay. So, but yeah. is it, is, but Candy Girl's not an original by them. That was a cover. No, that's an original. That's an original that's by them. An original? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I thought that was Jackson 5, so you would See, be uh, no, <laughs> I, The lead singer at times does sound like Michael Jackson when he's singing and he's younger. So wow. that, I, okay. Yeah, so you may oh, know yeah. some of the songs, yeah. Well, all right then. Because I do remember, like, I do have memories of my childhood, like my sister listening to New Edition, I liking the songs, but I was still so young then, like I was 1983, right? So yeah, they were definitely formed in 78 and popularity in the 80s. So yeah, we were still still new, but like I said, in 96, they did kind of come out again. I remember that. Bobby Brown. They dropped like five, they probably dropped like four or five or six albums in the 80s alone. So yeah. Well, this, I just had their discography up and I just loved yeah because it said that 96 home again was the sixth album and 2002 was their seventh album so yeah they had five yeah. albums through the 90s yeah, through the 80s, like um, basically 84 84 expanded edition 85 85 expanded edition 1986 1988 another expanded edition 88 and then 96 and a 2005 yeah that's what's on Spotify anyway if there's some missing I don't know I think Spotify uh, is mostly they got Candy Girl, 
They got yeah. new edition is their the name of it. Uh Count Me Out, I believe is the name of the album. All for oh. Love was the 85. All for Love. Yes, All yeah. for Love is 86 or five. 85. That's what Spotify says anyway. They got a Christmas album. And then they is got that Heart home again? Home Again is 96. Because I don't think their Christmas album's on here. I don't oh, see it. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Which I wanted oh, to... Right which I also did have note that I think as of this year, all of these boy bands now have released Christmas albums. Yeah, about fucking time, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Getting on board with that one. Right? I mean, oh. you only had one Christmas song the whole, almost the whole year. We needed a whole album. But anyway, so I was, so that was also a fun thing to note was like all of them have, because Christmas albums are awesome. <laughs> Not that I was an uber Backstreet Boy fan or anything, but I was just like, come on guys, seriously. Like everybody else is doing it. Just do it. Peer pressure. Come on. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. So, so. Yeah, so they were founded. So like I said, they were kind of like the Backstreet Boys. They were actually founded in Boston by Marie Starr. <laughs> um, who in went two on? Was their big break. Um, Bobby Brown, uh, obviously, had gone on, done his own. He departed it like that. So mid-80s, look to like the late 80s was kind of where they seemed to have gone their separate ways for a little bit and tried their own careers. Bobby Brown had a couple hits, didn't he? Yeah, my prerogative <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, right, yeah. Excuse me? A couple? <laughs> right? Dude, I was literally straight up TD. Bopper. If it wasn't okay. like okay. 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 NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, I wasn't listening to it. Uh, I did not care for it. There was Humping Around, which was on one of the Dance Mix albums. I think I know that. 93, Hump, I think. Humping Around was 93, but yeah. his main album was uh, But 80. like, yeah. like with New Edition, I may know some songs, but didn't know that they're Bobby Brown. Yeah, like I know a lot of songs from my childhood, but I don't know the artists or what they're called. Like I just do you know Belle Biv DeVoe though? Yeah, I know who that is. Okay, because that's the members of these guys. I couldn't name a song as well. Poison. The main girl. That girl is poison. Oh, yep, yep. Okay. Yep, <laughs> See, Linda just doesn't know the background. To everything she knows all the songs. Yes, <laughs> it's all our retro nights. That's what it is, Lindy. <laughs> I guess so. Well, and it was just being a teenager in the 90s and hearing these songs on the radio and like the the mix albums that came out, like like pop dance and volume mixes and yeah. For, and all those. for me and Danielle, it was because we were dance kids in like from like ni- so, 88 to like 94. So obviously we heard a lot of different like, I kinds of I could probably tell you the first time I ever heard Motown Philly was probably on that episode of Full House. Wow! Wow! I'm not a sheltered child. I just had my my bias, okay, like preferences of music. I I I was exposed to a lot of music. Don't get me wrong. My dad did expose me to a lot of different music from 60s and 70s and all of that. But I gravitated toward like mini pops. Uh, (laughs) I will say though, uh, because they call it like bubblegum pop. I guess. Yeah. Uh, they had a bubblegum pop phase and then they, they got it. It was like, all right, I'm going to sing different stuff now. Then they went into different styles. And so I, get that. I can get that. So they, they was like, we don't want to just do one style. We want to be different. So yeah. I can understand it. It's like when NSYNC started rapping. Okay, we didn't need that. But... <laughs> right? They tried. They tried. It didn't... didn't say it was good. <laughs> anyway. And then... 
so yeah they went their separate ways in the 90s they did come back again um and actually they are still kind of together to this day i was they seeing are. some stuff where i think they were they touring are. with the backstreet boys for a bit i think it was uh, um, no um um or boys to men i think they were one of the hold on there was one that they I were, saw they uh, were you talking about recently or like a few years ago recently it was uh jodeci it was who jodeci oh, okay the they performed Mentally of the Hits alongside Backstreet Boys at the American Music Awards. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, no. No. It, uh, uh, new Kids. Sorry. Okay. Oh, so, okay. New Kids. Yes. Okay. So, they, them and New Kids were touring together recently. Yes. So, yeah. They're still around. Still doing their thing, which, hey, that's pretty cool. I, I do love that a lot of these bands, except for my favorite, NSYNC, hasn't have come back together for reunions and are still kind of touring and stuff like that nowadays. I love that about all of the most of these boy bands. Yeah, but is NSYNC's not doing that though? That's what I said. The the one oh. that I love the most is not doing it. Yeah, it's because I mean, Justin doesn't want to. I don't, I don't care. The, Do it. the closest that you will probably get to NSYNC reunion at the moment is the after party. I don't know if y'all know what that is. Uh, I think Nick Carter, Joy Fatone, Kurt Patrick, Chris Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick, Chris Kirkpatrick. And other members of different groups get together and like just sing different songs. Yeah, I know. I saw a video of them like a year, like maybe during COVID or just before COVID of a couple of the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC guys singing the songs together in a melody on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they do that from time to time. They're like, okay, we're going to get like three or four members of different groups and we're going to sing each other's songs and we're just going to have a good time for like three or four days. Is that on a streaming service or anything or... I mean, you could just go to YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube? Okay. Yeah. That, out. that sounds interesting and fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure YouTube's got totally a lot of them. That, out. that totally sounds right up my, my alley. Right? My pop idols and watching them live? Yeah. Absolutely, I will. Right? Um. So I guess next we'll head over to Boys to Men. I guess they're kind of next in our lineup of, uh, in timeline, I guess. Wouldn't New so, Kids be next in timeline? Uh, yeah. New kind kids of a, new kids boys to men formed in 85 uh new kids on 84 so they're just about around right around the same time so which uh, one do y'all want to do i will say new kids because new kids instantly kind of became famous when they were formed and boys to men they didn't get famous until like five years after that's true they're like that's what i'd say when they shot to fame and plus the guy that that created new edition went on to create new kids because of new edition so it's a good segue all right, so formed in 84 <laughs> by the same man, Maurice Starr. Um, he was actually looking for a white counterpart act and originally marketed them to black audiences. They did come to prominence, like I said, the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, many... I, have a, I have a quick thing for you. Yep. If you don't have this. Yes. There was initially a member of the group he, who started singing the dance and he was like, I can't do this. And he left, yes. obviously. That's yes. Mark Wahlberg. But... I just think that's interesting. He's like, yeah, I can't sing and dance. And then he went to go. But then he does it later. Sing and dance later on. Yes. Raps and dances later on. Yes. (laughs) There were, there was, I noticed that like there was a couple of different guys that had come and gone before they came to the final five guys. There was one or two guys that had come and gone. Um, Many actually say they paved the way for, like I said, the late nine, like the late nineties boy band era. Many found that some of them followed this, I guess Lou Pearlman sort of followed his this map plan, I guess, for his boy bands. Mm-hmm. Um, 
some funny things I found about them was they had a 90, like they had an official board, an official fan club of 200,000 members. Um, they had a one, eight, a one, nine hundred number that you could call. Yep. And I guess they would just give boy band facts or something like that. Like the Corey phone number that Lisa calls in the, the episode of the Simpsons and just stays on for all night. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 1-900 numbers. There's a millennial moment for you. 1-900 numbers were the pay lines, guys. The mm. lines you had to pay to call and, you know, three ninety nine a minute or something like that. internet where like yes. you couldn't follow their daily lives on fucking Instagram and TikTok and shit. Yeah. Um, they had a string of merchandise, dolls, sleeping bags, lunch boxes, comic books. They had a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, they kind of had disbanded by about 94, 95. They released a Christmas album in 89 called Merry Merry Christmas, which I had the cassette forever. And I still love Funky Funky Christmas is my favorite song <laughs> on the whole album. They had a reunion in 2008 and they've been together ever since, like we said, rec- and recently performing with New Edition. Fun tidbit. I went to their very first concert back after their 15 year hiatus. I was at their very first show. in Cause Toronto. it started in Toronto. Yeah. It started, the tour in, started Toronto. in Toronto. I was at that very first show. And it was probably like, other than, you know, getting married, that was like the most exciting day of my fucking life. It was a dream come true. It was just a fantastic fucking show. So mm-hmm. good. Me and my sister saw them at Canada's Wonderland when they were opening for Tiffany. Cause we were there to see Tiffany. We didn't really know who new kids on the block were. But we were there to see Tiffany or she was opening for them or whatever. Oh, so that's we went to see Tiffany and they were there as well. When so Wonderland or when Canada's Wonderland still had like musical performances. Yeah, the theater is still there, but they don't do concerts there anymore. No. I remember being really upset when I was seven. My mom and my aunt took my two older sisters and my cousin to the show in Toronto. And yeah. I didn't get to go. I was I threw a fucking tantrum. I threw an absolute fit. So I had to wait until fucking 2008 or nine or whatever to see them, but it was great. Right. Worth the wait. (laughs) I don't think I would have appreciated it as much as I did when I was seven. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So any memories for you from new kids? Were you a new kids fan? Uh, me. Oh, uh, uh, well, okay. I will say I didn't become a new kids fan until like a couple of years ago when I had a show. And I had to do something for this show. So other than that, I had probably haven't listened to them as much. And then after that show, the show was good. I was like, oh, maybe I need to uh, watch. Maybe I need to listen to New Kids. And then I listened to them. And then a couple of friends that I know was working on their tour. So I'm just kind of going to their shows. They're like, okay. Nice. Then they're, they're cool. So, yeah. Sorry to be here uh, the dog market. But, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah no they 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 have a good they have a good show the show is what drew me into their music because i wasn't not to say i wasn't listening but you know i i was like listening to other things and then i was like oh okay uh nice sometimes that's also a good way to like i've seen some bands like open for someone else you're like i never would have considered them but now i want to so sometimes seeing a live show like live music does bring you to a band sometimes because you're just like ooh, what am i else am i missing i mean like they are entertainers like yeah. their shows are phenomenal. Like I, I will tell you the moment uh, at when they did a thing with New Edition and they did Hanging Tough and they, they said, everybody come on do this and the whole crowd was like waiting on the way. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, they must they must like this song. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I need but to go like, to a concert again. 
Uh, this is when I haven't they haven't seen them recently like I said last time I saw them I think was in 80 or whatever I wouldn't mind seeing them them again that would be kind of kind of fun I did see Backstreet Boys again this year 25 years it took me I will say they do have a good show this is part where uh John 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 has this one solo and it's just him and I'm like he's with he has a, a little shirt. He's like, all right, I'm going to show my 12 pack or whatever. And he's just there, just singing. This I'm is like, Jonathan? Which is the one who has stage fright forever? Uh, <laughs> it was, it's probably Jordan. Sorry. It's probably Jordan. Okay. Because they're brothers. They look alike. It's fine. Right. Which the, the one that sings lead, I'm going to be rude Jordan. about it. Jordan. Jordan. Think, okay. Yeah. Jordan and I get, Joey are I get Jordan and John named. Yeah. Confused because and they're brothers, so again they look yeah. like too. So we don't yeah. blame you. <laughs> but yeah, he he does this one solo and he just like yeah, twelve pack, and then he I'm like oh okay all right. Did you count them? Was there really twelve? It probably was six or eight. But, <laughs> but and I mean, if you think about when he had a solo career and the song was "Give It to You," like it doesn't remind me. It doesn't seem too out of whack to have a twelve pack and trying to like flash it off in the. Concert. We're not even going to talk about that song. That's an awful. Fucking- <laughs> oh yes so yes when backstreet boys or or sorry new kids on the block had a they did have a hiatus for a bit and then late 90s they did try to do joey and jordan did try to branch out for their own solo careers which joey was semi-successful for he had this stay the same song jordan knight had like an album or two but he did have a song called give it to which was a little risque in hindsight it's an awful awful song (laughs) the song i was talking about when he gets shown six months called baby i believe in you Okay. Okay. So I don't know if y'all know it. Okay, I don't. I don't really know. Sure if I remember like that. that one. I. It sounds familiar. I don't think it was one of their top singles. I don't even think it was a single. I think it was just one of their songs in their albums that they sing at concerts. Right. It's possible. Anyway. So yeah, I feel like. Like I said, my the Christmas album, I I still always love it because it's the funky, funky Christmas. Because he's like, he said, hey, I said what? He said, you, I said what? You left the fireplace burning and I burnt my butt. <laughs> it was my favorite part of the whole entire song. It was great. And I still love that song. That Christmas album oh, is yeah, like, that to my list. <laughs> it's a staple to like my Christmas season, this album. Because like I said, 89, it came out. So I've been listening to it since I was like four years old. Yep. Knee high to a buy's eye. <laughs> I guess now we should head on over to the boys to men uh, since they were 85, 85. So Wait, who, who were you in love with the new kids on the block? Who was oh, your Joey, person? Joey. Oh, me too. I, I was always that, a Joey. I should have got that out, but I have a property of Joey McIntyre t-shirt that I got at the concert. <laughs> Aaron hates it. <laughs> I think my sister was Jordan and I believe my cousin might've been Jonathan. I think I remember there was like all three of, we all like uh. different people. Everybody my, loves Donnie. So I thought Donnie would have been a choice. My oldest sister no. was Jordan and my middle sister was Danny. Oh, so. yeah. Because Danny always seemed like a, a one that you, most people didn't for some reason. No, maybe because I was just so young. Do either of you guys remember like the New Kids on the Block TV special? I think it was on Much Music. And the only thing that I can remember from it, it was like a concert they did at like, I think Disneyland or Universal Studios. And in between, they had like dream sequences. And the only one I can remember was where Danny played a lifeguard. <laughs> Do either of you remember that? That might be like something I might have made up, but I'm positive my dad taped it and I watched it a hundred million times. I mean, that could be the case with, uh, I don't know if that's on YouTube. I can see 
something that you know. But I I'm, swear, like it's something. Like it had to be. It was like New Kids on the Block, like Dream Weekend, or like I'm pretty sure Dream was in the title of like this New Kids special. Apparently, they, it doesn't. I don't know. There was some pay per view special that broke records. It says here. Oh um, yeah, we, it wouldn't have been that because my dad wouldn't spring for pay per view. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't find it at the moment. But I will say, um, new kids. I would say new kids did it right, as far as their group, because uh, yeah, like we was talking about new edition earlier. New edition didn't have all of the same things that new kids had. And new kids had lunch boxes, TV specials, book bags, all that kind of stuff. And I guess mm-hmm. the first. Maurice Starr wasn't interested in that or whatever. So the second time he was like, okay, I'm gonna do it differently. And new kids got their money. Let's say new edition didn't uh, I think it said like four hundred million dollars on merchandising they got or that was made or something. Well, I mean it was crazy. Everybody I know from like the 80s and 90s had their bed sheets and their sleeping bags and the the cups with the straws in it and had like the trading cards and the sticker books and everything <laughs> i would say that's because of uh new kids we had a, a fucking a slinky that said new kids on the block on it like they just atrociously expensive <laughs> there was uh, me and my sister had a backpack i remember that because my i brought it to yep. school and my cat pissed on it and then i got in trouble from the teacher because it smelled like cat piss in the classroom and i was so mad because it was my back and my new kids on the block one and i had to throw it out because you can wash it it's, it's ammonia. It's hard to get that shit out of there. I don't know. So yeah. And Google back then, I'm sure Google would have had a solution. Right? Google would have had the solution. So that's that was my trauma of backpacks and new and new kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, found it. Did you? Yeah, new kids on the block. Disney's wildest dreams. Oh, okay. All right then. Long. I'm gonna freaking watch that you're gonna put that in your save later (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so funny all right um what is the next boy band that we have Steph? so we have boys to men again so i said earlier formed in 1985 as unique attraction and renamed as boys to men per new edition songs Uh, and they were inspired by the groups and their harmonies their first album uh was released in 1991 uh then in 93, they released their Christmas compilation called Christmas Interpretations. Let it snow. I, just, I know all the Christmas songs. I'm sorry. It's, it's my obsession. It's fine. 94, they released their biggest album, too, which sold 12 million copies in the U.S. alone. Um, 97 was the Evolution album, which sold 3 million albums. They were featured on the Soul Food soundtrack and the Boomerang soundtracks. They were also on Fresh Prince you know about yeah <laughs> yep. fresh prince yeah, it was fresh prince and that was, nikki was named after all four of them yep in that episode it was a christmas episode and then and- they appeared on how i met your mother in 2013 for uh one of the big slap episodes yes and i was reading is they were actually going to originally audition for trying to audition for will smith but then there was a bunch of other celebrities apparently in this building that they auditioned and they were all impressed by them so then they signed or whatever their deal well, they should have. They are fantastic, right? Incredibly talented people. Yes. Like end of the road gets me every time. Fucking right? love that song. Mine was on bended knee. I loved that one forever. It was so good. Like just yeah. uh, oh. just one sweet day with Mariah. 
Oh, yep. There's so many good ones. So many good ones. Uh, I would say actually, um, one of the members of New Edition was their manager. Uh, He founded them necessarily. He was their Maurice Star. Yes. He founded them and then he uh, was at Motown and then he took them. He had another group with him and then he had his own record label started and then added Boys to Men to that. So I was like, okay, it was kind of cool connections. Yeah, there was a few members that also, I think, cool. as I well that. that had started. Yeah, yeah. If you watch, if you watch um, Motown Philly, he's in the video. Uh, he he has like two parts in the song. He's in the video and stuff. But, yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. found. There was looks like there was a few members that had also come in and out at the beginning of it because they were founded in a school. All my connections going out. Yeah, no, they were they were in high school singing, and then when they guess when they took it seriously, it, it was only those four, and then now it's three. But yeah mm-hmm. yes and then head. and then what was it a little bit later on like at boy at uh boys to men's like peak popularity um fucking all for one came out to try to like rival right. them they had like one song, I swear. Great song but sorry guys like you're not oh boys. you know what? i'm so sorry you said all for one i thought you meant okay there's this group. <laughs> i think i meant no there's this group uh so, like I said, Michael Bivens had his own company, and they did a song called All for One. That's what I thought you meant. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Nope. The band. The band. Yeah. Yeah. The band. I yeah. I hate waking up in the middle of the morning to that song. I'm like, why are you? I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but they had those they, commercials. Radio shouldn't put ballads on the radio before 8 a.m. Just saying. Hey. They're too slow. They're going to make me fall asleep on my way drive to work. Don't do that. Yes, agree. <laughs> um, but wasn't Boys to Men like they were like award winning? Like they won tons of Grammys, did they not? American Music Awards, yeah. BET, uh, like they won a ton of shit. They won two, a lot. A so lot. they won two awards at the '95 Grammys, including Best R&B Album. Um, and then I think there's some um, later. What we got here, earlier '92 Grammys. They so. Cooley High Harmony achieved major success, eventually selling over 9 million copies and winning the Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo group at 92 Grammys. They were also nominated for Best New Artist as well that year, but it was awarded to Mark Cohn instead. Walking in Memphis. Lame. Boys to Men, way better. Um, were number one R&B hits for, and top five U.S. pop hits for Motown Philly and Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Motown Philly is such a good song. They joined MC Hammer on his Too Legit to Quit tour as the opening act in 92. As the opening act? In 92. This was like right after Motown Philly. Isn't it so great when you hear about uh, an opening act that just, it like just surpasses the the person they're opening for? I will be honest with you. I still don't think in 92 they should still be opening for MC Hammer, but... Right, but that's uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, was saying. But then again, when they say opening ad, some opening ad don't always mean that you're just an opener. Like it could just mean that they just want to build these shows to be like, you know, at major act at the major act because that's what yeah. New Kids did. It was Salt and Pepper and In Vogue. They did yeah a show. So it's like it's a joint tour. Yeah, 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 kind of yeah. And then that year, the end of the road was on the Boomerang soundtrack, which helped propel them a bit as well that year. So yeah. maybe maybe the next, I think maybe the next year their tour was a bit better. 
Yeah, revamped was, version was reissued in 93 with End of the Road added to it. I was about to say, it wasn't even initially on their soundtrack. You know, they weren't even supposed to do the song in, in the first place. All right. They weren't supposed to do the song. And then um, you said it was on Boomerang, right? Yeah, Boomerang. Yeah, and Boomerang. There was, was like, hey, so like, are we going to get this song or not? And then uh, I guess the heads didn't want that song to be out. And then Michael Bivens was like, you know, we'll just ask for forgiveness later. And then dropped it, dropped the song, and it became a big hit. And it was like, did you guys submit a song to some movie called Boomerang? And it was like, yes. All right, keep it up. <laughs> and then that was kind of it. That was kind of it. So, but they didn't really have to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, but that was one of their biggest songs. They was like, we feel like it's a hit, so we're gonna drop it anyway. And then they gave it to them, and then yeah. that was one of their biggest songs. Still, like. If they don't close the show with End of the Road, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. The next <laughs> one, I believe, was yeah. I'll Make Love to You, because it was a, it was said. So End of the Road did have a, had a record, but I'll Make Love to You broke End of the Record's 13-week record at number one by spending 14 weeks on top of the chart, a feat equaled earlier by Whitney Houston's cover of I Will Always Love You. Yes, it was a cover. And then time. On Bended Knee replaced I'll Make Love to You at number one making Boys to Men only the third act ever to replace itself at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart after Elvis and the Beatles. And I think NSYNC also did that feat if I was- That's impressive. Yeah. After like Elvis and the Beatles, like that's yeah. that's a pretty awesome category to be in with those, those two huge artists. Right. In 95, yeah. they appeared as backing vocalists on History from Michael Jackson's album of the same name. So they got to work with Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. uh, they released a remix collection of a bunch of their songs from the, their two first two albums in 95. 97 was the Evolution album, which had Four Seasons of Loneliness and a song from Mama, which was on the Soul Food soundtrack. I liked that album. I remember having that album. I remember having these both of these albums, Evolution and Two. I had both of them. All right. Not to sound sour. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I like this song, Mama, but it, I, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they performed at the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. and they only had you know they had limited time i'm just saying mama's not a son that you want to perform at the super bowl no um a little slow it's too they did they did a, a like a lip sync version to motown for it and they said oh we're gonna show y'all our new song and it's, it was mama i'm like well you got end of the road you got all these other songs and mama's the song that you perform yeah if you're gonna do a ballad at the super bowl it shouldn't be a new song that nobody has heard. Yeah. In my right. opinion. Right. Like you're you want to go with your hits up and things that people know and can sing along and the hit. You want a hit. Yeah. A good hit. I, I like I, Mama, but Yeah. End of the road I think is better. And I get I you want to perform. Better. I get you want to, you know, be like, "Oh, get get a new song out there in front of the Super Bowl audience." But imagine if end of the road came on everybody in the theater in the in the arenas clapping and we don't even have no sound you just them doing it acapella in the crowd just oh just got chills thinking about it that would have been beautiful right that would have been great mm. should have been making their decisions for them prime yeah <laughs> where the hell were you on that one <laughs> i was watching that house all right. What so, is this one? Or are we done with Boys Men yet? I think we've exhausted them. Uh, I don't know. I think I've got that's most of my notes. I'm just gonna see if there's anything through on that yep. album, Evolution. Did it say what it won for Grammy? 
I will also add that uh, the bass singer Mike McCray had back problems and then he uh, exited the group. <laughs> yes. Is that why he left? Yes, multiple had, MS, I like, think it was. I think I read here. I think he had like back spasms and stuff and um, they just couldn't come to an agreement, I guess. And then one of them also had polyps on his vocal cords in like 97. So that's why Ooh. they had to take a little break around that time. And yes, he had MS, um, was unable to participate in most of their dance routines. Oh, that's in 97 really as well. So they were nominated for two Grammys in 98. So funny, Brian. Oh, I was thinking of a story. Like, um, I, <laughs> I know you were laughing at his MS diagnosis. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He had uh he had back problems, yes, but like the way that it goes is he just wasn't showing up, he wasn't telling them nothing, he just didn't show up. Mm. I mean, well, that could be problematic. As a group, you should be communicating with and, each other pretty good, yeah. And then uh, he didn't do like five or six shows in a row, and then I guess they had like a Japan show coming up, and he was like, "I heard y'all going. I heard we going to Japan." They said, "No, we going to Japan." And then they had a fight. <laughs> well, he probably broke some sort of rule of his contract too by just not, not showing up that. and saying, "Yeah." So it's not like he's owed any of that, but I mean, that's super unfortunate. I hope he's okay now, but I mean, yeah, I think now he's good. I could handle that better. I seen him a few months ago. So, okay, well, I'm sure they're, I don't think they're going to get back or anything, but he's Mm -hmm. doing good. Yeah. Well, good. And yeah, so again, they're still together to this day, like Boys to Men still performing. They're still yesterday. Nice. There you go. Right. At a uh, uh, Disney World, Sea World, Disney World. One of the one of the things in Orlando. I see. Oh, nice. Cool. I'm gonna be in Orlando December fourth to the ninth. Woohoo! So excited. I'm going to Disney World for the week. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com. And also you can check them out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the follow and subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. Also, you can follow us on all of the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Turn of the Millennials Pod, and like us on Facebook to leave a comment and a review. We greatly appreciate it. We will see you next episode.